0: to her thighs, softened by amla and scented with coconut. Unlike Satya's, it has no need yet for henna. Satya lifts Roop's plait around her shoulder and examines the tip. Too few split ends. It has felt the scissors once at least, if not more. Roop is a new Sikh, then an uncomprehending carrier of the orthodoxy resurging in them all. Hindus, Sikhs, Muslims, they are like the three strands of her hair, a strong rope against the British, but separate nevertheless. She unbinds Rup's hair. It falls, a moonlit river, down the valley of her spine. She examines Rup's teeth and finds all of them whole, the back ones barely visible. She hopes that as they come they will bring pain. Rupe's tongue is soft and a healthy pink, and from it a man will hear no truths he cannot explain away. She presses her fingers to Rupe's cheekbones. They are high, like her own. Some remnant of Afghan blood in their past. In other circumstances, she might have been Rupe's aunt or cousin. Satya's hands drop to Rupe's neck and encircle it lightly, for she is not trying to frighten her. And she sees Sardaji has given her a Kanta necklace, one of her own. She knows the gold of this one well. She ordered it from the goldsmith herself. She knows every link in it and the sheen of its red enamel. She wore it last to a party full of Europeans. Its brilliance and its weight had comforted her, compensation for her tongue-tied state. The European ladies ignored her once they found she spoke no English. She sees her kanta now, covering the hollow at Roop's neck, and she wants to press her thumbnail in that hollow till Roop's red blood spurts and drips over them both. She wants this. She moves her hands, with no sign she recognises the kanta, no hint she knows that Roop, standing before her, is a silent thief with such a tremulous, placating smile. Satya examines Rup's brow. Time is ploughing her own in three horizontal furrows, deepening by the day, but Rup's is still smooth. She pulls Rup's hair back over her ears and sees her own earrings. They are the ones Sardarji gave Satya, after her first pilgrimage to the first ineffectual saint, pleading for prayers. Satya knows these earrings well. Three tiers of Burmese rubies, surrounded by diamonds. Real diamonds, not white sapphires. Red-hearted flower shapes ending in large Basra teardrop pearls. And Rup is wearing them. Satya wants to tear them from the girl's ears. Watch as Roop's tender lobes elongate and rip apart. Wants to take back what is hers, rightfully hers but she moves her hands away. Come lie with me in the afternoons. You are alone on your side of the house. I am alone on my side. My Pakawala is better. He is from my village. Our men are strong. Rube stands, uncomprehending. If she had been a blood niece or a cousin sister, Satya would shout at her to stay away, to turn now and run before she gets hurt. And if Satya had been roop's mother, roop would be her daughter and none of this would have been necessary. Come, she says again. It is useless for me to fight Sardarji's will. He is my husband. He has married you. Somehow, I must accept that. And you. roop's face lights up like a deer at Diwali. Oh, Banji Sister. Satya does not feel sisterly at all. Oh, Banji, Rup says. I'm so glad. I told Sardachi I will be no trouble. I will be just like a younger sister. And her silly tears fall on Satya's hand as she leads the girl to the bed. Satya places herself in the path of the light from the inner courtyard, dismissing the servants hovering in attendance on the gallery that runs past her room's she lowers the reed chicks past the casement till the sitting room, cool and dark, holds the sun at bay. The jute sack covering the block of ice in the corner slips to the floor, exposed.